Welcome to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast with Rob Peters. That's right, Rob Peters is back doing a podcast. But this time, it's about bringing in guests and sharing experiences and information to help you create a better DJ business for you, your clients, and your community. Now, here's a guy who likes to wear his sunglasses at night, Rob Peters. Welcome to another episode of the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Peters, and I'm being joined today by, I don't want to call him an old friend because that just makes both of us sound old, but (laughs) I've known this guy for a long time, and I know he's done a lot of great things, not just as a DJ, but now as an author and a podcast host. Doug Sandler, welcome to the program. Hey, man, so good to uh, so good to be here. I would probably put our, our the age of our relationship somewhere in the area of close to twenty years now, something like that. About that, I remember the first time I met you, we were working the name conference, I believe, oh in gosh. Philly. Yep. And uh, the one thing I remember the most was, uh, and that was a tough job for me because I had never met anybody before, and Bruce was like, "Keep everybody on time." <laughs> I remember that. And I was one of those guys that you never had a problem with keeping me on time. You just had a problem with keeping me, keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I remember is at the time when I first met you, you're like, yeah, um, you were walking around with I Heart Doug bumper stickers. Yep. I remember that. I still, and, I still have those. Yeah, And we were, we were talking about kids events and I, I, I took a lot out, out of your presentation, even though in the back of my brain, I'm going, I will never do a kid's event ever (laughs) flash forward here i am i'm running bubbleparties.com i'm doing a podcast i'm doing kids events like you could read about and you moved on you wrote a book you're doing a podcast it's uh it's crazy are you doing any gigs whatsoever now are you just strictly working on your podcast business well it's interesting but uh over the last year uh, i reinvented my career and we'll talk about that about five or six years ago and uh last year i moved from the east coast i lived in the dc area i lived i moved to los angeles and I still commute back to the East Coast to do my, uh, my cherry-picked, my hand-picked events. And I do anywhere between two and three events a month uh, right now. So I, I do still commute back there, but I'm loving the L.A. lifestyle out here for sure. You were responsible for an increase in the amount of gratuities I got because you had this form and you're like, send me an email for, and just title it Doug's Free Stuff and I'll send yep. you this form. Yep. And I, I got it from you and then I inadvertently deleted it. And a year later, I'm like, Doug, remember the free stuff? He's like, yeah, I sent it to you. And I, I need it again. And now I have it in a safe spot. And it was funny because you helped me with that one letter that you used to give at the end of your show. Yep, yep get more gratuities because it brought an awareness to it's okay to tip the DJ. You were doing a lot of mitzvahs when we first met. Yep. And I, I remember I got an email from you one day and you had said, I wrote a book and it, I, I think I was on one of your email lists and you, I wrote a book and I want you to check it out. Tell me about how this whole thing with the book came to be. So uh, I, after about thirty years' uh, time spent in the DJ business, I thought, hey, it's try to, it's time to try to figure out how I can take the skill set that I have learned, not only just in DJing but in building a business. I feel like I've built a fairly successful business DJing and built a career of of uh, of other DJs as well. And we were doing, I would say, on the high side, probably between six and seven hundred gigs a year. 
And while I love the business, I had been doing it for 30 years. So I figured, what is the next step in, the, in, you know, in, in my career? And um, thought about it a little bit harder. And I said, why don't I take what, I've know, what I know and bring it out to the world of, of customer service? Since a lot of what we do in the DJ business, and I teach my guys, and I'm sure you realize this too, and I know that a lot of your community as they're listening knows this, it's not about the 20 minute, the one hour, the four hour gig. It is all about the relationship that you build with your customer before you get there. And that's the secret to building a successful DJ business, if there is any secret. It's stop worrying about the four hours at the, at the event. You know how to do that. You could do that with your eyes closed. Now learn about the business end, how to actually successfully build a business. So the book came about as a result of me saying, let me take my skill set and introduce it to the, to the rest of the world, the business community, the entrepreneurial community. And the book made a really big, um, really big hit. I, uh, fortunately, it went up to number one on Amazon in the uh, customer service and business categories. And um, and then I started speaking about it. And then that's how the podcast came around. Podcast came around also as a result of me wanting to promote the book more and more. And that's really a, in a very short thumbnail sketch. That's how I did it. The book is called "Nice Guys Finish First: Winning Customers for Life by Winning Relationships That Last." The title of the book just spoke to me because I've always been that you got to do the right thing no matter what. And I think right. in our industry, we see a lot of people that they go online for advice almost as if looking for some validation to do the wrong thing. <laughs> I hear you. You know, it's really interesting as I teach all of these DJs and now teach businesses in the world of, of building better relationships with our customers. It is amazing the skill set that you need to have or the few skills that you actually need to have actually in, in creating a successful business. Things like returning your phone calls, returning your emails, being on time for every appointment, no matter you know, where you are in the world, you must be on time every time. Stop over-promising and under-delivering, actually over-deliver, exceed expectations. The key to it also is this last one, number five, which is really reaching out a couple of times a day to people that you haven't communicated with in the last month or so just to say hi. And I know you've been good with this, and I, this is how I've led my entire career. Every once in a while, I'll get a message from you. Hey, just checking in. Hope all is well with you. And I'll tell you, that really makes, that really makes the recipient feel really good that they're being thought of. So that's how I've led my career. And I said, and the DJ, in the DJ world, that's been great. But imagine taking this out to the rest of the world too. And that was really the, the beginning of all of these things, the book, the podcast, the online training program, the speaking business, all of that came as a result of that, that easy five-point strategy. You've become a victim of what I call my Dr. Pepper keep in touch strategy. Dr. Pepper, when it first came out, they used to have an ad campaign that said there are three times a day to enjoy Dr. Pepper, 10, 2, and 4. And that's how we keep that strategy up. And that's, you know, you're on a calendar with every other contact I have to do that. And it's to make sure I'm keeping that relationship open. Well, it's an amazing thing to be able to do and to be on the receiving side of that makes you feel good. And the more that you do that, the more you're making people feel good about themselves, the more people want to pay that forward. Ultimately, what you're going to have is this legion of fans that, are, that say, hey, that's the XOXO guy. Because I always say, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, XOXO. And you know, for me, that's, pretty, that's a pretty natural thing. And you do that a couple of times a day and you do that, you know, seven days a week. It's so easy. I wrote an article for um, Huffington Post, and it was called 24 Seconds That Will Change Your Life because the average text message takes about 12 seconds to send out. 
do two of those a day, 24 seconds. That was probably one of my most read columns that I have ever written. And it's because it is so simple to do, yet has such a huge impact on people's lives. I'm going to sound just like you on the Nice Guys podcast. We're going to find some links to some of Doug's articles and put them in our show notes. Not that anybody's <laughs> going to read my show notes. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> but you just never know. So you write this book, you, you start speaking. How did you jump into the podcast thing? Okay, so when I wrote the book, I needed a way to, uh, and by the way, I'll give you the link to the uh, 24 seconds. I wrote it on July 21st, almost five years ago, July 21st, 2014, and it's got tens of, it's amazing. It's, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of hits on my website. Um, so the reason I got into uh, uh, podcasting was, was simple. I needed a way to promote my book. I did not want to pay. I was a little bit cheap at the time. Okay, I was a little bit broke at the time. And <laughs> And I didn't want to spend thousands of dollars, which is pretty typical for somebody that's promoting a book through a publicist. So I wasn't looking to spend thousands of dollars on promoting my book. And I said to a good buddy of mine, Strickland, who was represented by the same agent in DC as my DJ business, he was in a band. I said, Strick, why don't you and I start a podcast and promote my book? He said, I'd love to just tell me one thing. I said, what? He said, what's a podcast? <laughs> I said, I don't know, but I listened to Serial and I thought it was really good. And I think that we could do something fun like that as a, uh, as a storyteller or as a business podcast or something. We can do something that would be really fun. And that was really the beginning of, uh, you know, that was, let's see, that was in fe end of February of 2015. So over five, four years ago. Nine, almost a thousand episodes. I don't know when this is airing, but as of the time of this, probably about a thousand episodes later, 3.2 or 3.3 million downloads of our show and hundreds wow. of thousands of dollars of revenue. And what's so amazing about it is we had no idea what we were doing in the beginning, giving hope to anybody listening to this saying, I want to put a podcast together too. So that's, that was, again, that's where we stand with our, with our podcast. Are the rumors true about thousand episodes and you guys are done or are you guys going to keep going? <laughs> no, I think we tease, our, we tease our audience a little bit. We've been doing this for such a long time and we actually have built a, a highly successful podcast production business as a result of it. It would be shooting ourselves in the foot to stop podcasting. We joke about it all the time because our, our true hardcore fans, I mean, those are the ones that tune in every episode and we're five days a week now. Tune in every, every day. We always joke because we can't get them to take action no matter what we do. Just call in, ask a question, leave a voicemail. And uh, we always threaten we're going to pull the plug. We never, we're never going to pull the plug. Though. But <laughs> that's, our, that's our secret though, Rob. <laughs> gotcha. It seems like it was just seamless and practical for you at the time. Well, maybe it seems like that from somebody that was on the outside looking in. But I'll tell you, as, as the transition was happening, it was, um, it was extremely scary and uh, I didn't know what I was doing, which, which led to a lot of um, uncomfortable feelings. Um, you know, I, I think that those in, that are in your community listening to this now, if, you are, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. And so I knew when I was as uncomfortable as I was building this podcast, writing, speaking from stage, even at the beginning when I was speaking free and thinking, how the hell am I ever going to make a, month, a, a living at, at speaking? I, you know, I, I was a guy in some great years, I was making close to half a million dollars a year in the DJ business. And I'm like, how am I ever going to be able to duplicate this in the speaking world? I'm a nobody. And not that I'm a somebody in the DJ business if you go outside of my market, but at least in my market, I was probably one of the more popular bar and bat mitzvah DJs or MCs. So for me, I looked at it and said, how am I ever going to do this? And it really made me feel uncomfortable. And it has taken 
um, every bit, every ounce of energy, even to this day, there's still, you know, you build something even with your, with your, uh, with your bubble, um, program that you have, you know, there was a certain period of time where you said, and I remember the beginning of that for you. And I'm sure there was a, how the hell am I ever going to make this work? And you do, you just grind it out. You grit it out. You do what you need to do. You do all those five steps, the returning the calls, the being on time, the reaching out, the, you know, all of those things that I said, and, uh, and you eventually succeed at it, but there, you can't be short of tenacity. You can't be short of empathy for your customers. You can't be short of the ability to build relationships with people. It's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. And as long as you're on the same page as wanting to build the business and, and doing it right, then you will hit a home run, but you can't give up because that's, that's the only reason why people fail is they just stop trying. Now you're running a business that helps business people improve their relationship with podcasts? Am I understanding that one right? So what we've done is we realized through the podcast how effective a marketing tool that, and a business development tool that it really is. And so what we had started doing is we were using it to promote my speaking business, my online training, my book sales. We were using it to promote all of those things. And we turned around and realized that I was getting, let's say a $10,000, $5,000, whatever it was, speaking job as a result of me hosting my podcast. And I would fly from Baltimore or DC area I'd fly to Chicago to do a, you know, a one, literally a 45 minute keynote and fly back home. It was three days of my time for that, let's say $5,000. And while that is not a dollar amount to sneeze at, it's a good amount of money. The problem was that I had so much downtime, you know, the day there, the day back and the, and you know, just the one hour I was working. So I thought, well, what if I was able to make that same amount of money doing what I'm doing from my, from my pajamas in my, you know, in my home office, sitting in front of my computer with a microphone. And we just devised a, a system with the help of a couple of our friends. We devised a system that we can actually make money uh, with our podcast. And so uh, the joke that I always say to, to people that are clients of ours, and we help them build their podcast as a business development tool. If one episode equals $5,000 of income with you, how many for you, how many podcast episodes do you want to create in the course of a week? And so I would ask you the same question. If you could make every time you opened up that microphone, Rob, if you could make five grand, how many times a week do you want to open up that microphone? I, it's a no brainer. Five days a week. Absolutely. Right. Five, seven, 10, whatever it is, whatever it is that you think would hit that, that limit of where you feel like number one, you could work. And secondly, you know, how many, if you, without being flushing the market with, with your, with your voice and with your content. So we said, hey, if every time we open up the microphone, there's a chance that we're going to make five grand, I'm going to open up as many times of the week and I'm not going to travel and have to worry about the, the, the speaking market and all of that. So we have created a system, uh, again, part of our business development tool that we teach other podcasters how to do is how to build a show that can build community, build influence and make money. And as long as you're aware of which one of those three you're getting into the podcasting space for, we'll help you build it that way. So um, it's not that I wanted to give up my speaking career. I, I wanted to maybe travel a little bit less, maybe try to make more money, maybe try to make more money while not, you know, having the same amount of effort to do it. And that's kind of where we've been since we started this, uh, since we figured out the system. Now, that being said, it took us almost two years to figure out that system. But once we figured out the system, it was, it was game on from that point on. So for the last three years, it's been great. Awesome. So you and Strick are your partners in this venture from what I'm understanding. Yep, exactly. So Strickland does all of the back end stuff. He lets me do the, the, uh, he lets me, what I'm, what I find that I'm good at is selling and relationship building. And what I find he's good at is spreadsheets and operations and systems. And that's stuff I am not good at. So I don't want to do it. And this is definitely, I'm calling your podcast unique on a couple of different levels. And 
just hear me out on this one for a second. First of all, it's very relaxed, very laid back, even to the point where you have kind of your own language. <laughs> yeah, we do. That we do. And um, you've had some pretty interesting guests. I got one guest that I, I just got to throw one word that totally changed my perception about you as a podcast host. Oh, boy. Okay, what's that? Hattie. <laughs> Hattie Retro Age. Yes. <laughs> I don't even remember what episode that was, but she was the, uh, she is the 85 year old vixen. She's the 85 year old cougar, I think is what she refers to herself as. Does anybody give you feedback that she totally was hitting on you for that entire episode? Uh, but that's her style. You know, I also had uh, Sandra Laborghese on my show, and she is a, she's a dominatrix, and she was trying to get me into her dungeon for, uh, for probably 60 minutes of the show as well. So, and there's been guys that have come on my show. I swear. I swear, these guys are, were hitting on me. There's been women that have come on the show where I swear they don't even give a shit that they're even on the show. It's like, it's, it's hard. To, it's really hard. You know, you, I've done of the 900 some odd interviews or shows, episodes that we've done, probably six or 700 of them have been interviews. So you kind of get in a groove of knowing who's interested and who's not interested in the show or who's putting on an act. And there has been so many people that have put on their quote unquote, their act and that's, that's just them. You know, I'm just there to facilitate a, a fun interview, and we do have a great time on the show. We've had, some, we've had some great, great people on the show. Recently, we had um, uh, uh, John C. Maxwell on the show. I've had Gary Vaynerchuk on the show. Ariana Huffington has been on our show. Dan Harris from Good Morning America. Ron Klain from the White House Chief of Staff. I mean, we've had some really, really heavy hitters on the show. But the best people that have come on the show are the, are the folks like you and me, because they're the ones that are the most relatable to our audience, the ones that, that, um, that share the best information, the best action tips. And they're the ones ultimately that help us also promote our, our podcast and our episodes to their community. It's like, you know, Gary Vee is not going to help me promote my show to his community. He just doesn't care about me. As a matter of fact, on the show, funny story on the show, he says, hey, I can't think of anywhere that I'd rather be other than here. I mean, no, no. He said, I can't think of anywhere that I, hmm, let's see, the, the, the quote was something like, I'd rather be anywhere other than here. <laughs> I think that's what wow. it actually was. And I'm like, holy shit. But you know what? He, he wasn't saying in a, in a spiteful way. He was saying it more from a perspective of, but I committed to be here. So this is where I am. No matter how important that I am, meaning he is, no matter how important he is, he was going to give me his time. And I appreciated the commitment that he made. But man, he wrapped it in a, in a sledgehammer that was filled with steel rather than, uh, you know, like velvet covered. What advice can you offer our community of mobile DJs into A, how to be nice guys? Because as you know, we're really competitive. And I, I don't want to say cutthroat, but you've, we're in that industry that's still in its infancy where you've got things like undercutting, you've got people who go to conventions and it's clicky because you don't want to hang out with the other guy in your market because you're afraid he's going to take your shtick or your business idea. What do you, what can you offer to help us all be nice guys? Well, ultimately what it will come down to is this. It's not going to be the difference of you're cheaper than him, so you're going to get the business or he's less expensive than you, so he's going to get the business. And if you think that it is, you're in the wrong market. What, what it will come down to is it is amazing to me how many people do not return their phone calls. It is just amazing. And you know, if there's one piece of advice I would give you, it's return them and exceed expectations in the returning of a phone call. So if somebody calls you today at noon, don't take until 5 p.m. to call back. Call back literally at 12.05 if you can. Stop everything that you're doing that is non-productive, meaning from a, 
a business development side, stop repairing your equipment, stop doing the stuff that you're doing, slip away for just a moment and make the phone call. Even if the phone call is, thanks for calling, I appreciate you, I will get back to you. Today I am in, in, on site or today I'm repairing equipment. Would it be okay if I call you back at 7 p.m. tonight? Rather than them getting a voicemail, because most of the guys that are listening to this, as I was in the very beginning, were solopreneurs, you know, they were solo, solo system DJs and they're answering their phones, they're doing the gigs, they're doing the follow-up, they're ordering the giveaways, they're repairing their own equipment, they're buying their own, they're doing everything. So what I would suggest is put aside the, the idea that the low price gets it and look at it from the perspective of the person that has the best customer service is going to get the job. Now, if the other side of it is if your phone isn't ringing at all, what are you doing that's creating the phone to ring? How much time are you putting into business development versus how much time are you focused on, geez, do I have the right, do I have 60,000 songs in my database? I, I joke around with people, clients all the time that say, you know, how many songs do you have in your database when they used to ask that question, you know, dozens and dozens of years ago. The, the answer is really this, I have the 60 that you're going to need for your party and let me do, you know, kindly, gently, I say to them, whether I have 20,000 songs or 60,000 songs doesn't really matter. It shouldn't really matter to you. I'm going to play the 60 based upon what we're going to go over in the next six months of building your party so that when I get to your event, I'm going to know exactly what 60 to play for your party. And if those 60 don't work, if another 10 will work, I'm going to figure out how to put those into the mix also so that your guests have a good time. So 70 songs is what I got. If I need any more than that, I promise I will have it. But what's the difference if I have 20,000 or 60,000 songs in my database? Very good uh, perspective, especially when you've, when we've got that industry and, and things, questions are coming up like that from clients all the time. You read the knot or, or any of the publications out there that how many songs do you have? And it's like in today's world, it's as many as I need to do your event because we've got technology on our side. It's amazing. What, it is amazing. So you're still doing some events, yep. right? Yep. I'm doing two to three a month and I'm flying back to, uh, to DC from, from LA to, to do those events. Nice. And what kind of events are those? The, all bar and bat mitzvahs. This okay. is, uh, it's the, it's the, um, it's the ni the niche that I grew up in and it's the niche that I'm comfortable with. Yes, I did a lot of weddings, but they don't pay enough for me to, even at $3,000, it's not enough money to fly from the West coast to the East coast to do an event. We're talking right. five, six, $7,000 for, for a bar mitzvah. And now all of a sudden it makes a lot more sense to be able to fly back to do it. Favorite, uh, favorite interview on your podcast. Oh boy. Uh, favorite interview on my podcast. I think when my, uh, my brother who has since passed, who has, uh, has been on the show a couple of times and I've listened back to them, uh, many times. So my brother was definitely one of my uh, favorite interviews on my show. Most memorable event as a DJ. Um, I would say I've had a couple of really memorable events. One event that I specifically remember, I was doing a bar mitzvah in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and the, um, the uncle was on the dance floor and, uh, and, and fell, had a heart attack or something on the dance floor, and they had to pull him away on a stretcher. He went to Hershey Hospital. Unfortunately, he passed away a few days later. Uh, but as, the, as all of this was going on, I was still working the party because I wanted the, the parent, you know, all of these kids, these 60 kids were at the party. They had no idea that that uncle, who he was or the relationship, and they still needed to be entertained. So I just picked up and just kept moving. They got him off the dance floor. We, uh, we, we, we um, you know, returned to the, to the celebration with the kids. 
And uh, the, the mom wrote me a, um, an email a little bit later and she said, hey, I just want to let you know you literally brought this party back from the dead and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your professionalism and you just kept rolling forward with the event. You made the right decision and we so appreciate having you and hiring you. Well worth every penny that we paid to have you at the event. So interesting. That was one, that was one of uh, a few uh, very, very memorable events for me. Are you still using the iHeartDog stickers as marketing? I, uh, I have them. I can't, can't say I've passed out one of those stickers in, in a couple of years, but uh, man, the, the stickers and the t-shirts were, my, were probably my best, marketing, uh, my best marketing tool. I used the t-shirts. I probably bought 15 or 20,000 t-shirts over the years, and I used to hand them out to the camps I went to as promotion for, uh, for the upcoming Bar and Bat Mitzvah season. I have people that have come up to me, again, I've been using those for 20 years. They came up to me a decade after I handed it out and said, my kids are, are still wearing these t-shirts to bed. So, hey, it was pretty, it was pretty good marketing. If I can get some a marketing piece to hang out for 10 or so years. Awesome. Well, Doug, listen, I appreciate you being on the podcast today and sharing some of your knowledge and how we can all become nice guys. The book is Nice Guys Finish First. You can find it on Amazon. And the podcast is the Nice Guys on Business podcast. Where can we yep. find that? Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts now. You can find it. Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, anywhere where you get your favorite podcast. Just type in the Nice Guys on Business. What is the fee to be in the Nice Guy community? The fee to be in the Nice Guy community? Well, there's only a couple of very small uh, pre-qualifiers. You, um, you can't be a communist or a, or a former heroin addict. If, if, uh, if, if you qualify for those two things, you can join the, the Nice Guy community. It's just at niceshortcut.com or you can just go to Facebook and type in uh, the Nice Guys community and we'll come up right there. And as long as, it, as it, you're not a, 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 a past or former uh, or present heroin addict or a communist, then you are welcome to join our community. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, to my community, this is a guy who started doing what we do and loved every minute of it. And he's now doing bigger and better things. And we brought him back to share some of that knowledge with us. Doug Sandler, thanks a lot for being on the program. Rob, man, thank you so much. And congrats on the uh, podcast. Looking forward to hearing all sorts of great uh, guests and episodes on your show. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Doug. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page, or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Rob Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.